on the next Hidden Legal Figures. There is a very famous photograph of a woman sitting on the steps of the United States Supreme Court with her daughter and holding a newspaper bearing witness to something big. In 1954, Mrs. Nettie Hunt took her three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Nikki, to the court to pay tribute to one of the most important cases in its history. In the photograph, Mrs. Hunt is holding a newspaper to proclaim the news of the day. High Court bans segregation in public schools, the headline shouts. Many say that Mrs. Hunt was explaining the decision to Nikki, but to me, it looks more like she is revealing her hopes, hopes that her daughter will have a better education than she had, one that would be free of the rotten scourge of segregated schools, and a better life than hers, one that was talked about in the Declaration of Independence, a pursuit of happiness that did not depend upon race. Brown versus Board of Education was thought to be the thing that would deliver on those hopes. Four cases and an army of lawyers made their way to the Supreme Court in the early 1950s, all with one goal in mind, to toss onto the ash heap of history the cultural worship of the religion of separate but equal. It was time that America be converted, and Brown was the altar call. But the decision was not without its critics, and some say it has fallen woefully short of its hoped-for goals. Charles S. Johnson III is an attorney and legal historian who helps us understand more about this important case. We sat down with Charles in his office at Tuskegee University where he is Vice President for External Affairs and General Counsel to talk about Brown. And we discovered that Charles is a little bit of a hidden legal figure himself. I grew up among folks who were playing a role in the things that were changing in this country in the 50s. My grandfather was a, a leading sociologist and kind of a convener of people who were making things happen in, in, in the movement. So that at Fisk University, where he was president, uh, he, had, he founded a race relations institute, which was kind of a forum folks to come together to talk about what was on the horizon, what the strategies were and that sort of thing for making things happen. So, so a, a lot of this history that, uh, that you've been talking about took place or was hatched on the Fisk campus. So uh, when the folks gathered in 1951 and 1950 to talk about changing the direction of, uh, of civil rights litigation. A lot of that discussion took place at the Race Relations Institute at Fisk. Um, so I grew up around a lot of the folks who were kind of making these things happen. Um, the psychologist who did the doll studies in the Brown case was one of my uh, sponsors and mentors, uh, uh, Kenneth Clark. Kenneth Clark was a renowned psychologist and he, he and his wife devised a, an experiment, a series of experiments. They were very simple, it involved 
black dolls and white dolls. And you place them in front of a black child. And you ask them, okay, so which doll is the good doll? Which doll is someone you would want to play with? Which doll do you like? You know, and based on the responses, responses were so sad because the black children, so many of the black children who were asked these questions that were subjected to these studies expressed a preference for the white doll. You know, they said, the white doll is a good doll. The white doll is the one I would want to play with. And that led them to the conclusion that as a result of segregation, because these were kids that were attending separate schools, black children were developing a negative image of themselves. That segregation itself was a badge of inferiority that black kids internalized. And so, that led to a theory of stigmatic injury that you will see if you read the Brown decision where Justice Warren writing for the court basically said that separate segregation breeds a sense of inferiority on the on, on the on the part of black children, you know, and for that reason, there is a damage that comes from that. And because of that damage, Separate but equal is inherently unequal. I'm Charles Johnson. Join me next time for Hidden Legal Figures.